you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once. I am one of those melodramatic fools, neurotic to the bone, no doubt about it. Sometimes I give myself the creeps Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me It all keeps setting up I think I'm cracking up And am I just paranoid? Am I just stuck? Hello and welcome to Cradle to the Grave. I am your host, Eric, and this is an intermission episode. My guest for this episode is Stephen Doc Dibble. Doc Dibble has been a performing musician, DJ, and sound engineer in the Sacramento area for the past 20 years. He is the owner slash operator of Paparazzi Live Productions. When not running events, Doc spends much of his time performing in and around Northern California with his 90s-only band, Soul Not Blind, and The Sugar Duo. He and his wife, Lori, are avid Halloween and horror movie fanatics. Doc also has a special place in his heart for all things Hammer Films. Doc is this close to becoming an official gravedigger. You only got one more guest appearance to go, Doc. You can do it. And I know he can do it because we always have a great time when he comes on, and this chat was no exception, as we talked about the movie... Basket Case. What is the secret Dwayne is hiding in the basket? What's in the basket? Some of the tenants claim to have heard noises coming from this room. Like someone on a rampage. What's in the basket? You're that kid Needleman warned me about. The Bradley boy. The freak we separated. I know an awful lot of guys, Dwayne. But you're different. What's in the basket? What's in the basket? What's in the basket? My brother. (laughs) Open it. Let me get my notes. Took some notes. I mean, I always take notes. Uh, it seems like now that I'm in the 80s, right? I've yeah. like in the 70s, I, I saw a lot of the movies, but a lot of them I hadn't seen. So I had to like take more detailed notes. 80s, I know these movies by heart, man. <laughs> so I've spent, you know, how many times I watched the thing it, oh. growing up in the 80s? Right, right. I don't need to take notes on this movie. I can talk about the thing without, you know, any type no. of, of notes. No, it's emblazoned in your brains. <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. So, yeah. 80, so it's been a little, it's been easy. Like I, I knew the eighties were going to be fun. Well, um, then Netflix were all about like going to a blockbuster and you're like, well, what do you have? And you, you didn't have as many choices, you know, now it's like, you know, 
But back then you're like, well, I've got six films to pick from. So I'm going to get those every week. Well, we're going to get into the 80s, man. So let's see. All right. Steven, Doc, Dibble, you're back to cradle to the grave. Last time you were here, you were, we were talking about Franklin Jealous Sexy Ass yeah. <laughs> as yes. Dracula. Dude, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I was back in 1979, right? Was that the yeah. 79 episode? Now you're here for the 1982 episode. We're in the 80s. And yeah. uh, how do you feel about the decade of 80s, the, the horror coming out uh, in that decade? Yeah, it, it, well, I think it took off on the um, took off on the camp. You know, a lot of more, a lot more campy kind of stuff. I think a lot mm-hmm. of great movies, and you're still in the world of practical effects. So, yes. take that consideration. You're watching something like this movie, in, in particular, you know, um, that you're just like, okay, these are practical effects. What you know, what did they do to achieve that? Um, but I love the '80s because I think that was, you know, for me anyway, for my age, that says. Uh, I'm in high school. I'm graduating high school. I'm a young, single party animal, <laughs> you know? And so all these movies have a lot of memories, just like that whole era, yes. just feel to it, you know? And frankly, you know, the eighties felt good to me at that age. I mean, in 82, I was a junior um, in high school, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, the eighties felt good. So I, it's all, it's all good stuff. You know, it's all yeah. good memories. It is. Yeah, we're almost roughly the same age. I'm a little bit younger than you, but yeah, yeah. The same same feelings about the 80s. So many good memories, you know, tied to horror and my youth and and just growing up. And that you know that age, life was easier it <laughs> when was. when you're 14 and 15. There was less to worry about. It was simple. It was all about girls. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and I mean, I. I think I was a late bloomer with the girls. Like I was more into comic books and horror movies, yeah. you know, but yeah, like I love the eighties so much, man. love the eighties so much. And you're right. Like practical effects. I miss the old days. Are we, are we like grumpy old men, doc? Or do we yes. just like, yeah. Oh, back in my days, they, they <laughs> had to work for a living. <laughs> If you walked on glass to get to the <laughs> studio, you really had glass in your face. Sometimes quarter. I feel like that, talking about these old movies. Like, oh, man, they don't make them like they used to. But, you know, you know that, there are so, a lot of really good horror movies that are coming out these days. Oh, yeah. But I don't know, man. Something about 80s horror that's just, I think it's just my favorite decade. What about yeah. you? What's your favorite decade of horror? No, I, I would say that's true. I mean, there's a lot of stuff like we talked about out of the 70s that are like, what do you call them? They are the watermark, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Things. And I think when the 80s came, it was uh, more fun and they explored more blood and slasher and all that kind of stuff. But um, they, did, they did get more fun. I think overall, the 80s probably were my favorite because they did a lot of exploration. You know, by now it's all been done. And <laughs> yeah. But in the 80s, you're like, oh, my, I, they did that? What? Well, yeah. I've said this a couple of times before. I think cocaine had a big influence on a lot of movies in the 80s. Wait, wait a minute. I mean, oh, they were, I mean, there were drugs in the 70s, absolutely. <laughs> but it was more like, you know, we, like, yeah, man, let's make a movie. Yeah, yeah. We'll, call it, we'll call it Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But in the 80s, you know, coke, I think, just kind of like, yeah, let's make a movie about this conjoined twin that lives in a basket and, you know, and murders people like yeah well, you know when I mean? you 
say cocaine influence, you mean the uh, makers of the films or us as the viewers? Because I can tell <laughs> I can tell you, 86 was a pretty uh, prolific year for me. <laughs> I, well, again, I, I, I must have been a late bloomer because I wasn't doing, I personally wasn't doing coke in the 80s, but a lot of filmmakers were, you know, more like a, producers and, you know, the yeah. people right. up in the offices, you know, like, all right, what, what movie are we going to make? Um, yeah. But yeah. You joined head. No. So. Well, you also get movies like, Maximum Overdrive, which I, I mean, have you watched that movie lately? Maximum Overdrive, yeah, yeah, a couple of years ago, as as a matter of fact. You, been I think you can get high actually snorting copies of that movie because it's that, so ingrained in coke. Oh my god, that's so true. Uh, I'm feeling <laughs> but, jittery now. I think I'll lay off the caffeine. <laughs> yeah. Drinky poo right uh, here. But along with all the craziness of the '80s, there are absolute classics like The Thing. American Werewolf in London. You know what I just watched last night, dude? So, okay. So this, let me tell a little story real quick. So obviously I'm making my way through horror from 71 to now. And we've just gotten to the 80s. So I've been watching a lot of these early 80s slasher movies, right? Starting in 1980, you know, we got like Friday the 13th, Prom Night, Terror Train, The Prowler, The Burning, uh graduation day on and on and i'm watching all of these not so great slasher movies right for my podcast which you know it's my job i have to do this right? so I, and man it's taking its toll on me it's like i can't watch another slasher movie what the fuck so last <laughs> night i'm like all right because i watch ahead of time so i'm i'm watching movies from 1984 okay it's time to watch nightmare on elm street right the west craven movie right I'm okay. Another slasher movie. Let's put this in. Holy shit. That was a breath of fresh air. I realize now why that movie hit so big because I experienced it watching all these shitty slasher movies from the early 80s. And then all of a sudden, this work of art comes out by Wes Craven. Wes Craven nailed it. Yes. Nightmare is a fucking great movie. (laughs) And I have a new appreciation for it now. Right. Because of this experience. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's- I recommend I recommend everybody do that. Watch 50 shitty slasher movies from 80 to 83 and then put on Nightmare. You're going to be like, Nightmare is fucking Citizen Kane of slasher movies. <laughs> <laughs> or, or just watch Basket Case 1, 2, and 3 and then watch any movie yeah. and they're all Citizen Kane. That's so true. Let's get <laughs> into this movie, Basket Case. All right. Uh, Here's the synopsis. Charming country bumpkin Dwayne Bradley takes a motel room in New York with a basket and a backpack. In a flashback sequence, we learn the basket contains his surgically removed Siamese twin, who is not only so physically deformed, the doctors hesitated to consider him human, but is also the vindictive driver behind their trip with the purpose of killing off all those he blames. But in one of those doctor's offices, Dwayne gets his first ever date with the receptionist and wants to start a positive life. When the freak twin escapes, the scene is set for a grim finale. So <laughs> this movie was written and directed by Frank Hennenlauter, whose other genre films are Basket Case 2 and Basket <laughs> Case 3. The film stars Kevin Van Hinterick. Terry, Susan Smith. Everybody has three names in this movie. 
<laughs> and Beverly Bonner. Oh, Beverly's only got two. Oh. So, all right, Doc, lay it on me, man. What did you think of Basket Case? Well, first of all, in the first five minutes, all I could think was, Eric really hates me. He's giving me this piece of shit. Oh. And, and I'm like, what? I, oh, that's right. I did. I did ask you to watch this. Huh? You didn't pick. Because right, right. you had to swap out, which was fine. And I'm like, that's well, right, that's right. Right, right. But <laughs> but I'll jump to the end before we dissect it. But then by the time it was over, my wife looks at me like, what the fuck did we just watch? Oh, your wife watched this with you. She watched it with you. Yeah, she loves horror. Okay. okay. And she remembered it, actually. She, she said, what the fuck did we just what watch? The watch and um but by the end of it i had this weird love for this movie <laughs> because it was so bad it was awesome like it wasn't like there are parts of it that were done poorly where you go oh they could have done that better or the the pacing or whatever you, you look at the whole thing and you go from start to finish it was just bad but oh, yeah. beautifully, beautifully bad because it says comedy horror. I don't know that they ever intended it to be a comedy horror, and it just ended up getting that moniker because it was so goofy. But um, <laughs> but but the acting and the whole thing, and I'm just like, oh my god! But I I th I thoroughly enjoyed it because I'm a glutton for punishment. And I got done with the movie, and I said to Lori, I said, um, "Well, I'll never watch that again." And then about that, I woke up the next day, and I'm like, going, you know. I think I need to watch that again <laughs> and then watch two and three out of morbid curiosity. So this was the first time you, you saw a basket case. I this, never this watch. Okay. I, I had seen bits and pieces of it. Like I watched something on like uh, stop motion. You knew about it, right? I yeah. knew about, yeah, I knew that scene where he rampages in the room and it's yeah. all stop stuff <laughs> and all. And it's just like, you know, Ray, Ray Harryhausen was like rolling over in his grave, you know, <laughs> That was that that scene was like Ray Harryhausen on cocaine, <laughs> on cocaine, right? From like twenty four frames a second to like one, you know. It's just <laughs> this movie, dude. Okay, I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear you say. It. I'm on. Uh, you know, listen, we're honest here, right? But I'm thinking. Oh. I go, dude, this movie, you know, and then you're going to be like, dude, it's my favorite. What are you talking about? You're well, insane. A lot of people love this film. I yeah. mean, I think they watch it for the fun of it. It yeah. is the lowest of low budget films. $35,000. to you, you can tell. Yeah, you <laughs> could totally, totally tell. You can but tell. The fact that it born two or bred, if you will, in this case, uh, two uh, sequels is like, what? Yeah, I, I know. I, I was... I haven't seen the sequels and I probably never will, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> when I can't uh, go to sleep tonight at 2 a.m., I'm popping on Basket Case 2 just to let get me, Let me know how it is. I will, but I will, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching this. I rented this in the 80s. I think my mom rented it for me. And I, I only remember two things from my first watch. It was that stop motion sequence of Belial, which is the conjoined twin in the basket. Right. Uh, where he goes on his rampage. And then when Belial is eating out the woman at the end, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> literally and figuratively, um, yes, that yes. scene was burned into little <laughs> Eric's mind. I I think, I don't know if my mom was out of the room when that was going on because like, holy shit. Mommy, <laughs> what, is that, what is that head doing to that woman? Oh my God. This movie, it, it's an, 
I mean, it's an exploitation film. And I think that is oh. even what uh, Frank Hinnelotter said. He's like, this is not a horror film. It's a comedy. It's an exploitation film. And I think he's right. It was made for super cheap. He's not trying to make a work of art. But I think what's funny is how, like, over the years, this new appreciation is people have bestowed on this film, how it is about the duality of man, right? And how, like, like this author, John Tolston, wrote that the sexual desires of Belial in Basket Case provide the film with the transgressive undercurrent, <laughs> adding that Belial can be seen as the id, the dark side within us all. <laughs> I. I don't think Frank Hinnelotter was even close to uh, having that be what he wanted to make. He was just, you know what? I have this idea that I think the idea for Basket Case came where he you know, was living in New York City, walking down 42nd Street, and he saw some guy with a basket walking down the street. He's like, I wonder what's in that basket. It's probably yeah, his, right. bro- his brother. And yeah, hence, right. Basket Case was born. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny how like 40 years later, people are getting that type of message from this film i yeah do not i'm sorry yeah, yeah. no i no same with me i think you, you look for a reason to enjoy it you know yeah. give it more give it some more depth so you're not so embarrassed about you know really going <laughs> this but yeah it was you're talking about 80s films and this this movie i thought through the first three quarters i thought well it's not so gratuitous with like the nudity and stuff of the day. Cause eighties were like gratuitous boobs. I mean, you know, for, oh, yeah. I think, I don't know if Porky's was 79 or 80, but from that time on, it was just like every shot was, you know, gratuitous. Yeah. Boobs. And in this one, at the point where <laughs> Belial is macking on the girl, it's just like the longest boob shot on <laughs> film history. Other than a porn, it was just like <laughs> it was fixated on the one boob. The- <laughs> There, yeah and you know and when you have a low budget that's what you have to show to get the people into the theater right right you have to show nudity that's gonna get yep. the people in the special effects i mean i guess belial's pretty cool there are some cool scenes uh, uh, but like the shot behind you is like not knowing not knowing anything about that effect right there you're just like oh it looks cool yeah. but then they move and it's a uh, you know rubber or whatever it is. And, just, and there's way too much screaming in this film. Oh, so, I know so much screaming. Yeah, <laughs> screaming, and just yelling to yell your lines. <laughs> the the best part of this film was the uh, the hotel owner. Like he was like the oh, best. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I I like what made this movie watchable is the time capsule. Of New York that it captured, oh, you know, like yeah. that 42nd Street in 1982. Wow, like it's just a seedy, grimy city yeah. that this film captures. Shot in 16 millimeter, shot yeah. like guerrilla style filmmaking. They just went out there and did it. They captured it like the way a lot of movies don't, even now. Yeah, you know, like trying to capture the grittiness of New York. You watch some, you know, uh, series on HBO, and it's, it just seems like very polished. Yeah, but basket case, fuck, man! Like I had to like take a shower after watching this movie. No, I know. Just when he got the hotel room, he's going in there. All I could think of was who slept on those sheets last, and is there a maid to change said sheets, and what's on the floor when you uh, rent a room by the hour? Yeah, yeah. It's just 
it makes you itch. <laughs> so in that regard, Basket Case is pretty cool. I, I like I like grimy New York films. Yeah, yeah. Right. Especially, you know, from the from the late seventies, early eighties, New York was uh was a different city than it is now. Yeah. I recently went to New York a couple of years ago for the first time ever. First time I've been to New York um, yeah. a couple of years ago. I loved it. It was great, but it's clean, you know, walking down. We walked to Times Square like around midnight and that city's still alive. It did, I didn't feel danger right, lurking around the corner, you know, yeah. families with their kids are walking down the street. It's a different vibe than, yeah. than I, Times Square, 1983. Fuck. No, I'm not walking around there at midnight. No, hell, no. <laughs> hell no. But yeah, especially if I see somebody carrying a basket, I'm like I'm going the turning around and walking the other way. I may have told you this before, but a friend of mine and I, he's, I said one time we're driving down the road and we're going to a gig actually. And there's a bag on the side of the road. And I go, oh, I wonder if there's a dead baby in that bag. And he goes, dude, I said, I always think that like somebody, you know, I don't know why my head goes that. And he goes, a friend of mine does the same thing. What is wrong with you two sick fuckers? And that's right. <laughs> oh, man. There's, there it is. Well, basket case, man. I don't know. Are you ever going to watch this movie again, Doc? Um, I know I said uh, that I might out of morbid curiosity, but there are so many things to watch that it is unlikely. I, it is more oh, yeah. likely that I'll start to watch Basket Case 2 again, <laughs> just because I've got absolutely nothing else to do and I can't sleep at 2 a.m. And then I'm <laughs> going to start. Did the effects get any better? Did they spend 36000 this time? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know if I'll ever revisit this film. You know, <laughs> maybe I'll have my my wife will watch it with me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> she, yeah, right. She may right. hate me afterwards, but yeah, yeah, um, right. Well, well, always like to end the chats with the review. This is just a really quick little review. So this is a quote from film critic Rex Reed, who saw this film when it played at Cannes of all places. Oh. Right. So Rex Reed comes out after watching basket case and there's a guy standing by the door and he's like, Hey, what'd you think of that film? And Rex Reed goes, this is the sickest movie ever made. Right. <laughs> as a, as a way of saying, I hate, I hated that movie. It was the sickest movie. Well, that yeah. guy who asked that question was the director, Frank Hennenlauter, who was standing <laughs> by the door. Right. And he took that quote and used it for the promotional campaign for his film. It was the tagline. Underneath yeah. basket case, and oh, it worked. Oh yeah! Oh, man. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good, man. I love that. Yeah, I thought that was great. So Rex Reed, hey man, we owe it all to you, dude. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe that they actually um, did a 4K restoration of this thing. I was like, what? I'm telling you, like people love this film. It's I a know. classic. It's a cool I classic. I think it yeah. still gets played in the grindhouses. You know, midnight showings at places i guess it has its charm but man i'm good i don't need to yeah. watch it again you have any final words on basket case though doc man i think it's all been said buddy i don't know <laughs> what else can we, what else can we say God, okay. I, you know it's just a weird <laughs> thing now it's like now i'm gonna look on ebay for like these little um like like the head like belial's head like can i get a little model of that you know oh, that would be, be cool yeah have, yeah have a little paperweight on your desk Belial. Right. Uh, well, I apologize for having you for sending you this movie. It's my no, fault. 
I know it's an experience. I, I love it. I owe you. I owe you now. I got to send you a good one. You owe, you owe me a well received. I, <laughs> I got to yeah. send you something good. I'll I'll yeah, check yeah. and see what I got and I appreciate uh, throw it, it. throw it your way. But uh, well, I'll cool man. What, I really love all these crazy ones. So it, whatever, man. I, I always have fun with you. So thanks a lot for inviting me on. Yeah, man. I'm glad. I'm glad it was you that watched this movie actually, because yeah, it's fun to chat and goof around and yeah. you know talk about a movie that kind of sucks. <laughs> Well, well, cool. Number two now, so I'll talk to you soon. All right, Doc. We'll see you next time. All right, brother. Thanks. All right, man. Bye-bye. Cool.